You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another edition of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. I am here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with two special people, Garrett Tishy and Jess Barres from the newest brand coming to Camp North End, or Camp, yeah, Camp North End, which is uh, seemingly overzealous ice cream. Now, Garrett, we go way back. Garrett uh, created um, an amazing organization uh, called Vuga. Is that right? We pronounce it Vuga. Vuga. I always mess that up, so I want to make sure I pronounce that right. But this was actually the location where we we filmed, and, and I guess we recorded our first podcast ever. Uh, back on August 25th of 2017, and this will be our 300th episode. So if I talk about full circle and, and that many years and so many things have changed, um, I know both of us have kids that have started to grow since then. I didn't have kids before that podcast. So excited to have you back and really excited to see, you know, how you you transition out of out of selling that business into the new business. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Now, we all, if we all scream, we all scream for ice cream, right? That's the saying. And on this episode of the Bread Motors podcast, it's going to get pretty loud. Maybe you won't. I know Jess told me she's a little quiet, so we're going to have to see if we can pull something out of her. But we're talking to a pair of ice cream entrepreneurs who are bringing something new and different uh, here to Charlotte. It's going to be very delicious. And uh, they're, they're going to join the frozen treat game here in Charlotte. And uh, I, I am always amazed at how amazing you can take something that is dairy-free and make it so good, right? And when you think of ice cream, you typically think of ice cream maybe as good for you. This is going to be a whole new uh, venture we're excited to learn about it. So Garrett and Jess... They are the co-founders of Seemingly Overzealous, a dairy-free desert location that literally just opened at Camp North Ed. Uh, we got them both here, and we're excited to hear more. And, and I think they have to say it, the scoop on this all-new venture. So let's jump into it, Garrett and Jess. Thank you, and welcome to episode number 300 of the award-winning Brand Brothers Podcast. Yeah, so much, Ariana. Thanks for having me. Good morning, good morning. Congratulations. Sounds like uh, <laughs> a lot of new, new fun business opportunities ahead, and... Uh, as as Brian mentioned, you're not new to the entrepreneur space. Um, so, what made you, uh, through your journey, want to get into uh, the retail food service world? Yeah, it's um, for those that know me, uh, kind of a left turn, may, maybe a full U turn. Um, full U turn. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm, I'm I tend to be opportunistic with with any business that I've gone into. It's um, be in that world in some way, shape, or form, see opportunity, uh, have a great product, go hard at it, has always been the opportunity, the, the way we've operated, or at least I've operated. And then when Jess and I started making ice cream and, you know, like everything I've ever done, you hit that, like, what if somebody would pay us for this? <laughs> How do we make it profitable? What does that look like? And then, and you know, take that and put it with Jess's ability to create spreadsheets and dig into the numbers and, and run logistics and ops side of things. And all of a sudden you've got a business that can make some money and deliver a product that's what we consider pretty unrivaled. I see you today. I'll jump back on this. So we've done 300 episodes, right? I've mentioned that with so many different entrepreneurs like Mary. I think there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast at their exact, right? I've made something great. I can fix a problem. I can make money doing it. And then they never take it. What do you think the best advice would be for somebody right now who has that idea and hasn't died? Yeah, I, I'm different <laughs> in that I'm, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not super obsessed with money. Like I have money now and I will make more money later. And, and this, 
I've, I've done away with this concept of like saving and retirement. It's just like, I'm here now, you know, more than ever. The conversation we had earlier, like, I'm here right now. What can I do with this? And um, what's the worst that could happen? It's anybody that's motivated will find more money or get a job or do things. So let's take this idea and go, and I would say as hard as possible. And, and we have done that and just go like, what, what do you really have to lose? And I, I, I just think people have to decide how uncomfortable they're willing to be. Um, but I believe that the, if you can um, build a threshold for a little discomfort, you can build great things. I think you're exactly right. I, I kind of operate the same way. I've never really focused on the money. I mean, obviously that's important. You, you have to have cash flow to make a business work. But what I have focused on is, is solving an issue or providing great service or just developing great relationships and doing what we do well, uh, in providing those solutions. And it's amazing. The money tends to follow well, it does if you do it the right way. And I think about, you know, bringing Justin here, we, like, I'm, I'm crazy. Like I'm willing to, to throw everything at, at anything. And then you have someone who's a bit more conservative and wants to know, like, I'm willing to not know things. And then you want to know everything. Yeah. So that sounds like a great, great art. Well, it, that's another strong suit of the business and entrepreneurship is recognizing your weaknesses and surrounding yourself with, with great strengths in that area, right? My advice for someone who's afraid to take the leap or not sure, find yourself a partner who's going to push you. Um, and, you know, it's, it's tough and uncomfortable, but it's necessary sometimes. So let's talk about your background. You came from a, a communications, I believe, a communications background. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you came from and how you and Hinkier decided to, to take this leap. Because I'll say the other big thing we do is find a lot of people that might, you know, maybe they own their own business, maybe they're, they're working for someone else, but they've always wanted to be, right? And taking that leap from saying, I'm going to take that paycheck every month, and I'm going to throw it away, right? And I'm going to go do my so you had to kind of maybe have that moment. I don't know if you had your young business before then, but tell us a little bit. Yeah, so I, you know, I was, came out of college, started working at a media agency and stayed there for eight years, which is very uncommon, um, especially in the media world. Um, but I just sort of stuck with it. It was comfortable. I liked it. And, you know, I kept getting promoted, so it was, it was safe um, and all good. And I actually did take the leap and it was, it was a long year of, of debating back and forth. Am I going to try to do both? How's I going to look? Um, and ultimately got to the point where, you know, we were, we were so busy. I just had too much to do and I didn't have the mental space, um, or creative space. And I, I was started not enjoying the ice cream. Like, all right, it's time. Um, but, um, deciding to get into it, I remember. Um, Gary and I were sitting there talking, you know, about our business plan and what we wanted the space to look like. And I remember asking him, so what is our goal? Like, what are we, are we just trying to sell ice cream here? Like, what are we doing? And he looked at me and he explained that he wanted it to be more than just ice cream. He wanted to create a place for people to connect. Um, we first connected over dessert over ice cream. Um, and that's ultimately what we wanted to do was to create a space for people to really open up and connect um, a little bit deeper than maybe they're comfortable doing. Um, and that, I remember that moment vividly, that was, that was it. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, let's do it then. I can do that. 
I love a brand that has a purpose. And if you follow your purpose, whatever you're selling, whatever you're doing, will fall. Right? Um, we talk about it all the time. We sell brand immersion apparel. Not everybody's going to buy it from us. But the reality is, is we have a purpose of supporting our community, of giving back to nonprofits, of, of really looking at ways that we can utilize our skill set and not be a company that can say, hey, I'm going to write you a $10,000 check. How can we work with a nonprofit to, to raise them? How can we bring on people onto our podcast to share their story? How can we be connectors? And for me, that's the thing I'm getting kind of like the good, the, the good feeling. Like that's the vibe I love, right? Making money is great. I'm a sales. I have to tell Scott I want to make him. Right? I want to make myself my kids are supposed to. But the reality is, is the reason I love this company so much is because of what we do that has nothing to do with me. You know, so it's kind of, it's fascinating how I'm a director of sales and my job should be like bottom line, let's hit our numbers. But as we've gotten away from maybe focusing so much on just the numbers and focusing on doing right and focusing on connecting the right people, it's amazing when you do something right, how it comes back to or a hundredfold or how many year full it is. I don't know. So thank you for everybody that's supporting us after. That's a base has been nice. Um, so let's talk about this, this business. I love the name. Uh, before we jump into how delicious this is going to be, how'd you guys come up with the name? How did the brainy start on that? Uh, and tell us a little bit about seemingly overzealous. Cause that's a hell of a name. There you go. Um, so the name seemingly overzealous actually comes from, uh, Garrett and my origin story, if you will. Um, so our first date. It was during the pandemic. We met, we had ice cream. We talked for hours about everything. Um, got pretty deep into it. You know, he was going through a divorce. Um, sober. Uh, kids, like, we really talked about all of it. Um, and then the next day, he texted me. Yeah, I have it up. Um, I texted, uh, good morning. Um, and I, I'm a heavy emoji user. I learned this. Early credit so of somebody pointed it out. Uh, <laughs> smiley. She stuck with you. I, um, <laughs> we were all desperate during the pandemic. Um, any chance you don't have plans tonight? Also, I have a genuine fear of seeming overzealous here. I don't know what's right. And this is, you know, based on dating as hard as an adult. Um, and then I used the face palm emoji as well. <laughs> so that was it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love that. It's really coats. Cool. Then mentioned the the first text message. It was like, you got to go back to the beginning. Um, it was me. But we, God, I wish I could. I wish we kept a list of all the names because we wanted we wanted to connect it to relationship and emotions and all these things. So we dug deep through the the text chains and Marco Polo's, just looking for the thing that was like, that's it, like. And I, you know, y'all know I like calling things things that aren't as on the nose. Like we, we can, who that doesn't mean anything to most people. Most people can't even pronounce it, but um, we've pushed it hard enough that it is very well known as a brand. And I, I think seemingly overzealous as a, a name catches people off guard. It's like, oh, I like that. And it also makes people want to ask questions about it and where it came from. And then we get to tell them a cool story and Yeah. Well, that's cool, yeah. Let's talk about the ice cream. You guys talked about how you used to make your own ice cream, and then it was kind of like the vision that we could, we could do more of this, right? Um, number one, how does one go about just making their own ice cream? I know I, I've done it with my kids, like the little kit, but like I can't tell you that I'm, it's anywhere close to... <laughs> so I've never had that, that, you know, that feeling of like, oh, we're going to turn this into a business ever. 
Um, it's a fun experience, but tell us about how that happened. And then let's dive into the, to the product and really the business as, as a whole. Yeah. So we got a, a machine for the house and it was on a nicer end, but still like a $500 machine. Uh, and just started playing around, um, had a couple friends that wanted to try it. We're vegan. Um, and asked, like, can you make it dairy free? Uh, so we tried and tried everything. <laughs> Say so that might be challenging, right? With that being the main ingredient, usually. Yeah, made made around cashew milk. Uh, realized that was really expensive. Um, coconut milk. We we tried a lot of different things, um, and then we finally found a good base that tasted great. The, there was the creaminess um, that you sometimes don't get with non-dairy ice cream, um, and you know, not just a sorbet. Um, and we realized this is pretty damn good. Like almost unrecognizable. And and there's two people that aren't lactose intolerant. We don't have an allergy between the two of us. That's the bar. It has to, like, we can eat whatever we want. So if we're going to make something that's, it, it can't be a sacrifice. And um, then what happens, you know, for anybody that has an allergy, you're you're always sacrificing. Someone's, we've all had a bad um, thing trying to be something else, <laughs> you know, a faux pepperoni or something like that. Um <laughs> We just, that was the bars. Don't be that. Because um, I, when you think about the business and, and this, as we started looking at this, yes, the allergy sensitive market is growing, but we need people that just want ice cream to love our product. That's why we're calling ourselves ice cream, despite technically being frozen dessert. We're not going as hard as we can with like plant-based and vegan and all these different things because we have to find that middle ground where allergy-sensitive people come in, spend money. Everyone else isn't like, well, I've had a bad vegan dessert and I'm not coming. We need them in the door. Um, no, I love that. I mean, I'm not vegan at all. But I have a lot of friends that are. We can go over and have dinners and it's set or miss, right? Like sometimes I'm like, wow, this is incredible. And then sometimes I'm like, you yeah. hungry? Yeah, a little tofu. Uh, yeah, I'm not much of the tofu guy. Yeah, um, I'll say that. Um, now, when are you guys open now, or when are you opening, or what's what's the? Because I've been there, so this is going to be very arrogant. I have no idea. So tell us about it. We open on Saturday, the tw- uh, May twentieth. Yeah, we'll. By the time this drops, uh, will it? I don't even know when it'll drop. It's open Friday. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. So what do you guys do? We're just scooping ice cream. There'll be a DJ. Yeah, like we, 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 we have worked. We just had it. We're tired. <laughs> like, like we, we started down the rabbit hole of like, oh, we could do this and have this and this and balloons and and it's just like we're just open. Come eat some ice cream. That's the thing. You yeah. know. Where are you go. Worth it. Um, on Keswick, we're the new. It's called a Quonset Hut. Um, so if you walk out of free range bar and make a right you'll see we're like right there to the right next to uh, current nostalgia the streetwear shop and fit it's the uh the hat shop well shane amazing because it's perfect i mean every time i go by there i'm just shocked like i could grew up a polar it's amazing i like every month you like what do i know where did all of these buildings yeah so, so i'll um, ask you as we have a lot of entrepreneurs on here and this kind of shocks me because me and my wife we talk about it all the time you could never quit one too and like we wouldn't last like six months like out. And like we are both great running our, our own separate paths during the day, coming back and, and being a family and loving each other. 
But we have a lot of entrepreneurs that you are husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, partners, whatever. Um, and they make it work. And they not only make it work, they make it really successful and make it fun. And and I've always been kind of fascinated with that because me and my wife are just very open about it. I'm like, I just don't think we could run a business in here. I'm just being honest. You know, I love you to death. But that's just kind of the reality. So I, I do want to know um, what it's like to, to run a business and you know, be in a relationship. Uh, and then what advice would you give people as well? And, you know, in that arena. So we don't know what it's like to run a business yet together. Um, we know what it's like to build it at this point. Um, and it's, it's definitely, um, it's been a roller coaster. And I, I think it's, unfortunately, there's just every day between the other business that I'm involved in having a, you know, a, a young child who we co-parent with, um, her mom with like all these things, you have all these variables. And then you add this one more thing and kind of mix into an already somewhat chaotic world. Um, you know, and, and for the last year, I don't, I think all we talk about is ice cream. It's all we talk about almost like midnight the other night when the day of the announcement, we're sitting on the couch, like literally talking about ice cream at midnight. Like, what are we doing? And I, I think it's, it's been hard because there is always something to think about to make time for each other and and not just take for granted that this person is coming and going in your world. And and I, we check in often with each other, but it is it is not easy. It has definitely been a a, a while, probably last eight months um, for us. Or, or I would say we're you're almost there. Yeah, Minikano, yeah. yeah. yeah, I I think you. I, I'm comfortable saying like I think the other night we had this conversation where it's just like I don't like the, you have to trade something off if you only have so much capacity to, to to give affection or show love like we're okay being fine right we can be fine to get through this it doesn't like right now it makes sense for us as long as we don't drop below this like fine mark where we can't ever return to like I don't want to say deeply, madly in love, but just like where we have all the energy for each other, that this thing is, is fine. And we're, we're here and we understand that it's fine is okay right now. Um, I think that that was an important point to discuss because I think it's, you feel like my, it's like any other job. Am I ignoring this? Am I not giving enough love to this? And then that anxiety creeps in. And what if I don't do this and this thing needs to make money? Like something had to give, and I think acknowledging that we understand like the loving side of this relationship has to maybe give a little bit for a little time so that this other thing can flourish, which is a pretty much a representation of our relationship, and it's beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, you uh, when you're building something, you have like it it consumes like ninety five percent or more of your brain space, and so. The second he walks in, because he is so deeply involved in this thing that I'm building, my first reaction is, oh, I see his face and I think of something that I needed to talk to him about or ask him, you know, instead of, hey, how was your day? Um, you know, and I think it takes practice to become intentional and really set those boundaries of, hey, do you have, hey, do you have a minute to talk about ice cream? Um, and trying to kind of com compartmentalize, but just be more intentional with with just like brain dumping on the other person as soon as they walk in the door um which you know we're still learning <laughs> like 
That's a process, though. Yeah. I've never heard anybody explain it like you just did, and there was pew. And the reason, and this is completely different, but with, with me and my wife when we had kids, the first couple of years of having kids and then adding the second one, like there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of things going on. You're both relying on each other to do the best you can while also trying to run businesses and do all these different things. So we had to really be intentional. Um, but I love what you just said. We were okay being fine. I felt like that's where me and my wife were as we were just trying to learn to be parents, where I think a lot of relationships, they, they're very turmoil maybe in the beginning of that because it's a lot different. Um, I remember before we had our son, my kid, my friends would be calling me like, oh, let's go out. I'm like, I'm going out. I'm going out. And Amanda was just like, go do your It's almost like I had to get it out before I became a parent. But then I was always like, I'm never ready to hang out with my friends anymore. I'm going to have kids. I was very selfish. Because I didn't really realize like what was what was going to happen until my son was born. But throughout the whole journey, as our kids have gotten older, I feel like we're at the best one we've ever been, right? And because we now, we get it, right? And we were okay being fine to figure it out. And now that we've figured it out, it's like, dude, parenting is badass. This is awesome. Like, we're going to Kutakana next week. Just me and her. It's going to be amazing. Like, I feel like we're more in love now than we've ever been. But, like, we had to be okay being fine to get it done. I've never heard anybody say that. And that's literally what I went through. Brilliant. Great way to put it, but end of the day, you're building something together that it, it it will be successful, and that success you get to share together as well, and enjoy the fruits of that sacrifice you've made now, right? Which should only, if you do it the right way, which it sounds like you all are, should only strengthen what you have, you know. And so, if you keep that goal in mind, I mean, it seems simple in theory, but it is very difficult. I mean, marriage, just in general, and relationships are yeah. tough, right? Um, both of you have to really want it and uh, for it to, to work. And, and we've all been through peaks and valleys there. I think that's normal. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the space because Huga was just such a, a really, really cool space and well done and, and just, you know, you walk in, you want to interact. It was, it was based on relationships and people gathering and, and uh, sharing their ideas and that kind of thing. Will will the ice cream shop resemble some of that feeling and and uh, sort of look and feel? Yeah. Um, so when we were first talking about um, what the space would look like, we were working with uh, Mad Goat um, Design Studios, and and they, you know, presented this a couple ideas concepts for us. And I remember getting teary eyed when they first told us the concept that we ended up going with, which was big feelings. Um, and, and the idea is that you will walk in and feel something. There are so many, not to shit on other ice cream spots, but there's, there's a lot of, they all kind of look the same a lot of the times, you know, um, sure. clean, the simple and, you know, the ice cream's great. Um, but we really wanted to push the line, um, and, and have this emotional response when you walk in. So it's bright and colorful um there's a lot of different finishes and elements and we we really want people to walk in have an emotional response and, and truly take something away from the experience not just walk in and take some ice cream out the door uh love it yeah. ice cream's the easy part right you know and and it's even while we were doing in construction um, while nothing was done the only detail that went in first because we had to get it done we the floor is glitter it's like a, a rainbow glitter. It is in sprinkles. 
And it, well, and the first school flew, we, we went up that night, the first to see it. And there were just people walking at camp and you could see the kids like, like there's nothing in there. They don't even know it's an ice cream shop. There's no signage at this point, but the floor was just Both. sucking them in. Um, kids too. Adults. Yeah. Adults. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when the light hits it, it has that spectrum effect. Um, you know, uh, the, the bar front is just big into disco balls. So it's a mirror penny tile with like a lilac grout. Like it's, it's intense. All the countertop is like a, it looks like sprinkles in a white countertop. It's every little detail is special. The lights are so weird and unique. Um, yeah. And looking at your Instagram right now, I love that you have a big sign that says fun start. What a great sign. And and I also, you're mentioning how every ice cream shop looks the same. They're all the white. Like, everything's white. Yeah. There's so, so much color. Like, the are they, the whole, like, art that you do. Yeah. Who did the artwork? Josh Henderson. He's a, what is relax? Um, he crushed it. And even he saw it for the first time a couple of weeks ago on the wall because he designed it and then we vinyled it up. And he walked in and you could tell he was like, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm seeing it for the first time up on the wall and uh, like it, it's it was a cool reaction it was the reaction we want people to have um it's really neat a lot of so you guys are opening on saturday um how many different types of ice cream options are you are you providing and i and i have to ask because i always ask you turn out what's your favorite we'll have 12 flavors and they'll rotate um and currently Peanut butter and jelly would be my favorite. It It's one of those that you talk about, like, walking in the space and feeling like a kid. Um, you have a peanut butter and jelly, and you're just like, just a grin on your face, feel like a kid. Yeah. That's my favorite. You were. Yeah, that's, that one's really good. And um, I'm honestly kidding. I'm looking at your website. Eh, I'm loving Yeah, all them, all the names of our flavors are after some inter, some either a text conversation or some experience we had, you know, Airbnb cat sitting, which is our toasted coconut and toasted almonds. So freaking good. Um, it's the flavors based on, we showed up in Hawaii and uh, at an Airbnb and there was just a cat that clearly thought it should be in the house. And so we messaged him and he's like, yeah, that's spice. He's cool. And you're like, this seems like a thing you should tell people. <laughs> it's like, you can just let them in and out. <laughs> None of the and honestly, it was the coolest cat. We're we're like we're big cat people too, so it was a very big win. Um, but yeah, we were we were in, uh, and it would like show up every morning and want to be let in. It was so cool. Um, but anyway, um, that flavor is that should have been my pick. What was I thinking? Yeah, I love it though. Escape plan never tear us apart. Uh, paper cup love notes. Gray boblin. Blobbin. Blobbin. Never yeah. great blob. we, we dress in all gray and melt into the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes like fruity pebbles. I mean, who's not going to like that one? <laughs> That's the sleeper hit there. You're my banana, big mint city fan. I'm mostly kidding. This is awesome, man. What a cool brand. It looks, looks really colorful and fun and all of those things. And it also says you guys are going to get into, uh, some party planning and and uh, offer that kind of service. People already want it. 
Yeah. I don't know how we're going to pull it off. Yeah. Balloons. <laughs> well, we, we, ha- we have a camper that we, we retroed in to have a freezer that we can take on site for events and stuff, but it is, um, it's a lot of work and I don't think our, our setup is, is bright yet for us to, to be going hard with it, but we're, we're people want it and I, I'd like us to be out in the community more so you can evolve to, you know, you get the event business. If we can be there, it's just more eyes on captive audience. So for sure. Yeah. There's a JD of Gordon or the whole thing. Talking about front board Sundays, I walked up as my family spent, you know, over a hundred dollars. Imagine JD, honestly, I'd rather spend money with else, but, um, but I was, I was talking to him like, how, like, it seems like a great interaction. I mean, it was probably 15 people before you even opened. 10 30 in the morning, it didn't even look like 11 at eight. And he's like, oh, pop up skillet. And he's just kind of perfected it. And he's like there all the time doing it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if really right events, being there, you'll open up to a whole new eyes. A lot of people get it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. So the last question for you guys, uh, before I, I want to ask you for people to, you know, get in touch with you, your Instagram handles, all that type of stuff. Where do you guys see the, the vision of this? Is this a, a one location thing? Do we want to franchise it? Where, where I, and maybe this is a Garrett question because Garrett, you're you're probably way up here and you're probably like, let's calm down and get the first one under control before. Let's get a little money back. Um, we like to see the future. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of ways we can go. Um, I I don't really like the franchise model mainly because I'm just too much of a control freak and I think I'll I'll no no one should franchise for me. Um. <laughs> the, uh, yeah the weight of me would just crush everyone um <laughs> like i look at like summit and, and everything that they're doing i love brian it's so freaking impressive um out of all i click a couple of the the charlotte-based brands that have done it um i need to learn more about that um so we, we have a couple paths we can we can open multiple shops you know the kitchen that we built at camp north end can serve a second and third location within a certain proximity um which means we can have much smaller footprint in higher traffic area, better rents and stuff like that. Um, challenge there is where do you find 500 square feet? It just right. it just doesn't exist. So we're we're looking at alternative ways to to get product into a South End or a, a Matthews or, or somewhere where there's just density. Um, the other alternative is going wholesale, figuring out mass distribution, shipping of products. Um, maybe supermarket type stuff and just go for scale where we're making pennies on the pint, but we're selling a billion of volume. Challenge with that is, is the operation would have to change. We'd have to have uh, a bigger space, massive cold storage, um, which uh, is an option and something that, that we, we think about. Um, the other change there is, is it, the recipe, it's all science. Like this Jess has mastered, she would argue with that. But I believe so. The 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 science behind ice cream, and once you start shipping, shelf stabilization becomes a, a way different beast. You know, we can make ice cream, and it's going to sell pretty quick in the scoop shop, so we don't have to consider where it's going to be in a month. Um, we have to consider that if we start doing that, which is is a whole other game. And we're not chefs; we're not trained in this stuff. We're just learning it by doing it and messing it up. Um, outside of that, like I I'm it, I'm deeply want this to be more than ice cream and like merch and, and stuff it's funny we walked in she's like, need to do backpacks and uh <laughs> yeah i love uh, i have a weird backpacks very weird um we know a guy 
Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's trying to create something like I I don't we 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 have a really neat uh, merch line uh, to launch with, and we got really cool stuff coming. And the goal is to create stuff, almost treat it more like a streetwear brand, where we don't slap our logos all over things and just hope that people see themselves in what we're doing on the regular versus like, like who the hell buys a shirt that says Jenny's ice cream on it? Right. Like I see them every time I go in there. I love their ice cream. I love it. But who is buying this shirt? Who is this for? Nike? You're not. You know what I mean? Um, so trying to figure out new ways to bring um, lifestyle merch to yeah, the, like really yeah. neat stuff, and we're 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 having fun with this first round. So that's awesome. We do on a, on a daily basis a lot of. Uh, it's funny we have people in every walk of life in business, from constructions, painting to barbecue to manufacturing. All of them are after the same thing, right? And it's really the brains that are winning are creating that retail-driven type of. Look. Now, in something that's really cool with our goal is we want to create apparel that you want to wear out there, right? And a lot of people get infatuated with the logos or the branding of, <laughs> yeah, the shit about your logo. So we're going to start with that conversation. And they're like, well, is, you're a brandy company. Yeah. And I'm like, that shit, right? And like, and when you talk about it and you, and you dive into it and then you create something so unique. And then their friend wants to wear their brain and they have no idea why. I'm like, because it doesn't say Miller's Trucking Mulfine. Yeah. We never wrote Huga on a shirt. Eight years. It does not exist. It just says easy. Or the double pink. Oh, yeah. The yellow mugs with the black easy and we period. So I tell people all the time, look, Love that. every night, you have the ability to be the white horse. Like, what are their... Oh. It's just the W. It's... Yeah. yeah. And it takes time. And, and I think that that... People lack the patience, and I'm, again, with this project, we've decided to jump the line and you, you know, probably overspent across the board. And I, I, I think most people will look at the shop and go like, how? And the answer is like, most people can't do this. I have a luxury of, of having a business that was very profitable, that took care of me. I never overspent. I never took money out of my, I just, we were well positioned to do this perfectly. Um, and the merch will show as, as we go through that. But it will also hopefully sell, and then we can push the line on the next one and the next one. It seems like you love that right way. Um, it'll definitely work. So what's the best way for people, A, they need to go see you to get ice? Or what's uh, the best way for them to follow you, get in touch with you guys? Seemingly overzealous on Instagram, um, seeminglyoverzealous.com. Seemingly O on Twitter, because Twitter has a dang character limit and we have to really activate ourselves there it's weird uh <laughs> solely for flavor names that will like that don't make the cut it's just yeah bad terrible <laughs> yeah oh things happen all the time we're like should name a flavor no we should not name a flavor after <laughs> yeah oh this is awesome so man it's great to to see entrepreneurs continue to to dive in the bucket and like you said take a u-turn um Congratulations to you, Jess. Thank you. As you're a great partnership, not only together, but also through the business, because I think a, a great business has people thinking different, right? Challenging yourselves. Um, I come up, I tell, I tell our younger employees all the time, I'm like, look, I'll come up with a hundred ideas for Scott. If one of them sticks and makes us money and works out, I've done my job. But I'm not going to get mad if he doesn't like the other 90. I'm still coming to the table. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of that guy, and Scott's going to be the one to be like, so look, 
<laughs> Maybe in the future. We're going to be like, actually, he never says that because he doesn't cuss, but he's like, relax. Sure. Um, but but that's kind of the vibe that we have. We're very similar, but we're also very different uh, in a lot of different ways. And I think that matches really well. And that's our whole core of people in our, in our organization. We're all different, but that leads us to be able to produce the best in product and the best experience. Uh, and I think you guys, I can't wait to try it. I can't wait to bring my kids. I know they're going to do the free. But he does love to hear and jelly, so I don't know. Maybe do half an ass. Uh, the five and the two-year-old will try it out, but bring the white kid as well. And uh, just congratulations again. Look forward to following the journey. Yep. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Congratulations. Absolutely. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast, a special edition number 300, which still blows my mind. But thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for everybody for being a guest on this podcast, over 300 different brands in the Charlotte area. Uh, we are truly blessed to be able to share those stories. It's made both of us better people. Uh, it's made us really better members of our community to really understand all of what everybody's going through, but really the brands and the power that we have in this city to make a difference. Uh, it's not all about making money, but uh, it's amazing people like Garrett and Jess that do it the right way. It, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So big feelings. Um, walk in and feel something. That's what we got. Pretty good. All right. Love y'all. Thank you so much. Until next time, you've been listening to this episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.